All right. Hello and welcome to Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. Today we're going to be talking about making the right choices for you. Um, I love this topic. Sorry, I just kind of jumped out there for a second. Um, I love this topic because we all need to make choices. And, you know, uh, as our sponsor says, we need to trust ourselves making the right choices for ourselves. Um, if you want to learn how to do that without fear and anxiety, go and check out our sponsor, set up a clarity session with them and create an unshakable, unbreakable bond within yourself. So go check out that set up a free clarity session with our sponsor today, Phoenix Identity. Um, I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker to introduce themselves. Stephanie, would you like to say hello? Sure, thank you so much for having me. My name is Stephanie Weeks. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a breast cancer survivor. I am a loan officer by day. And um, I really am making it my mission now in my spare time to spread as much information as I can about education around cancer and different modalities and treatments and um, doing anything I can to help others. That's one of the reasons that we started or we decided on that topic today was because a lot of people feel like they don't really have a choice or they're very limited in their choices or it has to be one way or another way. Um, I was telling Stephanie right before we started the episode today that, you know, one of my own businesses I created for that purpose, two of them actually, think about it now, is it doesn't have to be one way. You can pick and choose multiple different things from multiple different modalities, practices. Um, and it's just not medical. You know, you are a breast cancer survivor. Um, I'm breast cancer, right? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, I didn't want to assume. Um, I, I thought you had said that, but I just wanted to confirm. Um, but again, it's, you know, so it's not just medical. It's not just spiritual. It's everyday choices and knowing how to make the choice for yourself and, and picking and choosing what works and what doesn't. Yes, exactly. Because everybody's different and there's no one size anything that fits all, in my opinion. And you really have to do what makes you happy and feel in that moment that you're making a choice or a decision. Like, does this feel right for me? Should I continue doing this or should I change the path? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are stuck in the expectations of that decision. So um, I know that um, I have somebody in my life who is um, just just in their 40s um, and is thinking of a career change. And that scares them because it's like, oh, I'm 40. How, you know, why should I be learning now? And how can I restart now? And there is a lot of questions surrounding the way that we make choices and you know we we think about society's expectations oh you're too old to do that or you're too young to do that or you've never experienced anything like that so stay away from it but why don't we make our own choices I think because everybody's scared you know you're scared to disappoint your family you're scared to disappoint your friends you're scared to be embarrassed you're scared to be wrong mm -hmm. Um, who was it that said, I think it was Judy Garland, um, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but um, it was, you know, what if I, what if I don't fly or, or I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it right off the top of my head. But the question was, you know, what if I fall? 
And the answer was, but what if you fly? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that is one of those biggest fears is what if I fail? What if I fall? What if this doesn't work? What if, what if, what if, right? And um, we take something as serious as your financial health, your physical health, you know, with, with a cancer diagnosis or with, you know, switching jobs and becoming an entrepreneur. How many of us watching or, or even guests of the show made that jump to be like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, you have to invest in that in some way, whether that's time, whether that's effort or knowledge uh, or even finances. And you're like, what if I fail? What if I fail? But what if you do succeed? What if you do the right thing? Right. And a lot of people will will not make that choice because they're afraid of the outcome. They're afraid of that failure. And again, there there is no there is no reward without risk. Right. Because you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So and you could you could make it. I would rather live with regret from trying something and it not succeeding than from wondering because I never tried. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize as well, when you do fail, that's a lesson. You know, I was talking to my, my oldest son and my husband uh, in the past few months. And I said, do you know how to know what you want? Because they're like, I don't know what I want. (laughs) Just like, do you know how to tell what you want though? You know what you want by first identifying what you don't want. Right. Like you can say that you want something, but until you try it, you don't know if it's actually something that you want. Right. If you get into a relationship and you've never been in a relationship before and you're like, oh, this looks fun, but I'm scared of getting hurt. And then you get into the relationship and it's like, oh, I I don't like the clinginess or I don't like this or I don't like that. And the relationship ends. A lot of people will mourn that. Right. And then it's like, but what did that teach you that you didn't want? So if you don't like the clinginess, maybe you want something with a little bit more freedom, right? And that's, that's how we really get good at making decisions. And we really get good in, in taking and, and feeling that, that trust in ourselves. And, and just having to take the risk, you know, and believing in yourself enough to, to make that step forward, whether it be with a career or life or relationship or health, you know, having the trust in yourself to knowing that you have intuition and it's something that you can, you can follow and you should listen to your gut when it's telling you something. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of trust, that's a hard one for a lot of people is that lack of trust in themselves, right? Do I really know? Um, do I really know what I'm talking about? Do I really know what I want? We get very, very caught up in that lack of trust. And a I can tell most of you what that, what causes that lack of trust. And that is the failures, the mistakes, the regrets. If you choose somebody to be in a relationship with and it doesn't work out, there's, there's guilt associated with that. There's the, the failure associated with that. While it's, you know, you and I both know that that's not the case. You still hold on to a lot of that guilt, a lot of that, the, the blame for, for the end of that relationship or the end of that situation, or, you know, um, the little girl who wanted to be a princess or a veterinarian and you turned, you grew up and became a loan officer or, you know, a Canada post employee or whatever it looks like that little girl is being like, you failed us. (laughs) There's a lot of that guilt associated with that. And every time we have one of those little dings, I call them, 
that's a little chip away on on our trust on whether we trust ourselves to make the choice the decision you know if if i picked the wrong person or mr wrong or or miss miss wrong or whatever how can i trust myself to make such a large decision mm -hmm. yeah no i get that and especially when it comes to your health like that's a really really scary thing because if you're not a doctor right and you don't know everything and you don't know which way to turn then you have to do your research, get the gather the information, and then trust in yourself that you're making the right decision for yourself. And know that you don't have to go with the first, you know, doctor that you speak with, right? It's okay to interview multiple doctors. Now, if you have a um, an invasive or aggressive diagnosis, you can't, you know, lally gag around, right? And spend, you know, a couple months doing that, but you can still try to fast track it and still interview a couple of different people because it's going to be like a marriage you have, and we're talking relationships. So it's going to be like a marriage, like a relationship to where you're going to have to be able to have trust in each other, trust in the answers being true, the answers being researched before they're given to you and have the comfort to be able to say, Oh my God, you know, I really feel like crap today, or I'm having a good day, or I just don't know how to, speak anymore or you know whatever it might be but you need to be able to be comfortable enough to have those conversations and so I wish more people would interview more doctors just to see because not that one's right or wrong or one's better or worse but I might love someone because they are so direct you know and to the point I love that and the next person might say I didn't get coddled enough and I really didn't like that and that that's okay we're all different and know that that you have to trust your instincts on that and that's one of the biggest things for making decisions for yourself is you have to trust your instincts um i had we lived in a small town um for about eight years we lived in a small town there were three doctors we kind of flitted around with and there was three doctors in one building and you saw whoever was available you they, they were kind of all your family doctor and we flitted between all three of them and one of them, one of them almost, um, one of them misread things, which could have killed my husband. Because uh, doctors are human. I think people forget mm -hmm. that too, right? There's yep. a human element in everything that's being done and doctors, they're, they're human people. Yep. But also all three of them missed, I missed diagnosing my daughter with type one diabetes for nine months. And oh then- I, and, and I'm really getting to my story is I had, I was having for a good portion of my life, I was having issue where, and, and it did, wasn't really a big issue where I would, it was like my heart would stop and then start again. Right. It was almost like it was skipping a beat. And mm -hmm. I found, and, and so I would go to the doctor and I would say, this is happening really frequently. I feel like I'm going to pass out when this happens. Like everything goes black. And, and it's like, everything shuts down at that point. It's, it's momentary, like it's seconds, um, but it's still concerning me. And the first doctor I went to um, was a male doctor and uh, not that gender has anything to do with it, but it was a male doctor. And he's like, oh, it's just your, your caffeine intake and the fact that you're a smoker. And I said, okay, I don't agree with you. I'm going to go to the next one. And so I went to the next male doctor. And he said, oh, Melissa, it's because you're obese and you drink Pepsi and, and you smoke. And I said, Kate, I don't agree with you. I'm going to go to the third one. And I went to the female doctor 
And she was about to say the same thing. And I turned around and I said, I need you to listen to me. This is not what it is. I have been drinking Pepsi and smoking for many years with no issues until now. I said, I need you to do something more to identify what's going on. Because you can't, I can't just be told this again. And she listened. And lo and behold, uh, a year or so later, I had a cardiac ablation to have nodules removed from my heart. And there were over 20 of them. And so in this situation, you know, they didn't listen. And they, you know, I, I moved to Winnipeg. I moved back home after 10 years away. And I was in, in search of a new doctor at that point. The very first day I met this new doctor, he said, oh, you're obese. I was like, not going down this road again. I, and I, I left and I went to another doctor. This doctor's crazy. He calls himself an effing dinosaur. <laughs> and, but, I, but I liked him because he actually listened, right? When yeah. I told him of my allergies, because I have very rare, uh, not very rare, but uncommon allergies. I'm allergic to the sun and I'm allergic to heat. Um, and those are not commonly heard of allergies. And he listened though, and he knew what I was talking about. And that's, that's something you have to, again, like Stephanie was saying, you have to find a relationship, that coalition or, or correlation between somebody who, you know, listens to you, somebody who trusts you and somebody who you can trust and listen to at the same time. Yes. And I agree because so the first oncologist that I met, um, he didn't really like the things that I had to say. And um, he would just say, no, 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 to this, that, and the other without even researching the information. Well, the doctor that I ended up going with, um, our agreement was to tell me, okay, positive, negative, or neutral based on what I was asking. And what I loved is that she would actually take time and research what I was talking about. Right. And sometimes it would take her two or three days to give me an answer, but I was okay with that. And then we would come up with that. And if it was positive, great, roll with it. If it's negative, okay, we really have to, you know, talk about that more. And then I have to decide what I want to do for my treatment. If I still want to do whatever that item is, and then have those consequences and, or those rewards, right. Or whether it was just neutral. And then sometimes she would be like, okay, that's enough. You're doing enough things. Like, let's not add anything else anymore. You know? Cause I was like, what about this and this and this and this? Um, you know, I kind of met the, uh, the Eastern and the Western and then everything in between and just threw a, a ton of stuff at my situation to try to better myself. Yeah. So one, I just had something come up in my head. So I wanted to vocalize this is one part of making decisions for yourself is trusting yourself. Another is finding people that you resonate with and that you can speak on. Another one is, you know, fighting for yourself, knowing yes. when to fight for yourself. When you're making yeah. a choice or trying to make a choice, you know, you're not like everybody else. And I think that everybody, not everybody in the world, um, but everybody's experienced this at least once where you're unique, your experiences are unique. And we did a, an entire episode on this one day. Um, where my symptoms are not going to be the same as somebody else. 
my experiences are not going to be the same as everybody else. My treatments are not going to be the same as everybody else. Whether I marry different modalities, whether I um, incorporate different practices or thought processes, I am different. I am uniquely myself. So I have some unique combinations of issues. And when I go to a doctor, it's, oh, well, you know, nobody has this, this symptom. And I said, but I do. Right. right. And again, it's knowing to fight for that. Uh, my allergy specialist says, oh, you're not allergic to the heat. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know where you're coming from, but yeah, I am every possible mm-hmm. symptom of it. Right. And yeah. it was it, just that, that lack of listening, right. You have to know when to fight and say, you're not listening. You're not understanding me. You're, you know, medical professionals, they go to school. They are still human. And yes, they do go to school to train for it, whether it's it's uh, mindset, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical health, whether it's cardiovascular, what doesn't matter what it is. They go to school for it. Absolutely. But you're living it. You are living it. You have to be your own advocate. And I don't think that enough people are their own advocate. And I just wish that more people would be. Ask more questions, understand what's going on, understand maybe the why, if they can explain that to you behind what's going on as well. Yeah. And you had already mentioned it, make informed decisions. When you're Mm -hmm. making a decision, don't just jump and fly in there and go, yes, that's perfectly right. I'm going to do that unless it's 100% a yes do that research, ask the questions, right? Make sure that you feel that it's, that it is truly a yes. You're not going to have the exact same situation as somebody else. You're not going to have the exact same thought processes or needs, right? Um, Right. Opposites attract. So sometimes you're going to go with something that's completely out of character and unusual, but knowing that it's right for you. Right. So what do you think your favorite thing is about, you know, making that right choice? Um, probably to have the confidence that, okay, I've tried everything that I know how to do. I've given it my all and knowing that, okay, there's nothing really different that, that could have been done because I unturned every single stone. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, it, it is. You, if that's simple <laughs> just like I get it there's nothing I can really even say to that because that was perfectly said um with with me I think that one of the things that I love is just again incorporating different things it it doesn't have to be one way or the highway it doesn't yeah. have to be one modality or one practice you can incorporate many different things into your own healing journey, into your own choices is, you know, um, I remember one, one thing that I was told was, oh, you have to choose a label. You have to choose a label. And I, I hate that, but I don't want to like, yeah. I don't. Uh, so I have a spiritual business and in that, you know, when I awoken, uh, when I, you know, became spiritual I was always spiritual but when I opened up to it and I started this I was I was asked well what are you or what do you follow or what practices and I'm like none like all of them none of them I you know I like different things from different 
you know, cultures and, and uh, beliefs. And so I picked and choose, right? I do smudging. I enjoy crystals. I like the wheel of the year. I like, you know, astrology and moonology and all of the different things that go on with that. And so it was incorporating all of those different things, right? Um, I am not religious and I chose not to believe in, in God and Jesus, but I believe in the golden rule that you treat other people the way you want to be treated. Right. And so, so again, I pick and choose from different things. Medically, you can do that. Financially, you can do that. Uh, emotionally, you can do that. You can pick and choose various different things that are going to work for you. Right. And that, and that is your right. That's 100% your right to make those decisions and those choices and whatever calls to you and feels good to you. I'd like to talk about um, what happens when you make a choice. And it maybe doesn't go the way you thought it would. Because okay. that's, that's one of the anxieties and fears people have before making a choice, right? What happens if it doesn't work out? Or what happens if this does more harm than good? Or what if I fail or anything like that? Um, so there is the option that you're going to succeed in whatever you do, right? That That is always an option, always an opportunity. Yes. What if it doesn't? Then most of the time, I mean, of course, it depends on what you're doing, right? But most of the time, you're not going to die over it, right? I've made so many mistakes, like ridiculous mistakes, unintentional mistakes, obviously, um, from, from all the different aspects. And I'm still here. And I learn from those mistakes. You learn to, well, you're supposed to, right? We don't all learn from them, but you're supposed to learn from the mistakes and realize, okay, well, I'm not going to touch that hot stove again. You know, I'm not going to not listen to that doctor about this again. I'm not going to try that career because it doesn't resonate well with me or bring me joy, even though I might be good at it uh, and, and so on and so forth. And then you just kind of like, it's like you're, you're just floating along and just trying to find your way and trying to find where you fit. But what would be worse than that and, and, and trying to float along and find the way and, and hit all the bumps, right? And kind of be like, like you're playing the bumper, what's that stuff called? Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, like you're playing bumper stuff, right? But what would be worse than that is to stay stagnant in one place and never make that forward motion, never have those bumps and bruises along the way that you learn from. That way, then you can go when you get to the end, whatever that might be for you, you can say, I did the best that I could do. And I tried what I felt right trying. But please just don't be stagnant. You know, I think too many people are super unhealthy or super unhappy because they feel, whether they use that word or not, they feel stagnant in what they're doing, but they're too, they feel too trapped to make a change or to do something different. Or like we said, they're really scared of that failure. Yep. Um, I have a friend who just switched, just switched jobs. And while they like it at the same time, it's just not feeling where they're going to end up. And they've been drawn more frequently to what they truly want to do. And while I'm going, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. There is financial involved. There is, you know, family involved. And so I sit there and I think about it. And, and what I really like to tell people about that situation is if you try something and it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. Or maybe it doesn't end the way that you that you anticipate it's going to end. It is a lesson. So number one, 
let yourself feel whatever comes up. If you feel guilty, if you feel trapped, if you feel stuck, if you feel any possible emotion or feeling while you're experiencing that, let yourself feel it. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to ignore it or avoid it. That doesn't work. You need to acknowledge it because once you start acknowledging it, you start figuring out why, right? Right. And then you can learn and move on from there. Don't you can, if it's cry and have a breakdown, you can absolutely. And you should, you should process those emotions, but don't stay there. Don't stay in that moment. Yeah. What people don't realize is that you aren't, or sorry, your emotions don't control you. You control your emotions. It is, you have the choice how long you're stuck in those emotions, how long you feel those emotions for. Um, I have a a freebie and I should have put it in today's um, that is all about that. It's called the rockstar method. And it is literally about how to control your emotions, right? And when you learn how to control your emotions, you learn how to process them and move forward and identify, okay, what is this situation right now telling me? What is it teaching me? When something doesn't work out and you've got an ending to something, that means, one, you have a lesson to process, right? Or, or a situation that goes, oh, I didn't like that, right? There's always a silver lining or a lesson to be found, a positive lesson to be found in a negative experience. So when you take yeah. out that positive lesson, then you get to go, oh, there's something better. I'm not going to do what I did last time and just jump into that, not knowing that it's something I like. I'm actually going to jump into that, knowing that I like it, knowing what, what went wrong last time. And I'm going to be able to identify that quickly and, and make that good choice. Those are teaching lessons. That's how you grow. That's how you get better. Um, and that's how you really are able to take that situation and turn it around and go, I can make decisions. And if it doesn't work out, there's a reason. Exactly. And I I agree completely. It was like when I got the cancer diagnosis, um, probably hundreds of people verbatim said the same thing. Oh my God, you're the healthiest person I know. We're all going to be screwed now. And I'm like, no, that's not how we need to look at this. We need to look at this as you can do everything you know to be right and that you can within your power. But if you stay in chronic stress, for so long, then that is going to tip you over if you're predispositioned for something, or maybe even if you're not predispositioned for something, it's going to tip you over. So I think that's more of the lesson of you can't live in chronic stress and think that you can still live a healthy life within that because you can't really outwork or outrun that. And the other thing is that, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, F cancer, and that's fine, whatever works for you to process it but it didn't feel right for me to treat it that way. It didn't feel right for me to treat it like a fight per se. Not that I was going to surrender or anything like that. I mean, there were moments I needed to surrender and I did. Um, But it's like, I didn't feel in my heart that that was the path that I need to take. And that was right for me. So I was like, what is, what is this? What is this? What am I learning? What's my lesson? What am I supposed to get out of this? And I constantly focused on that. And I decided to look for the beauty in cancer rather than say, you know, F cancer and and view it from an attacking or a fighting point, even though, of course, I was fighting for my life. Right. Um, But that really helped me a lot in processing it on all the different angles and different levels, because it was like, okay, what is this? This sucks. And this is horrible today. 
but what's the lesson in this and where's the beauty in it? And it was the, the notes that people sent or the text checking in or the phone calls or the flowers or the, the gift boxes, right? Or um, just the books that people would give or like, hey, I heard this podcast and I think you might enjoy this or I saw this article and I thought that you might love to read this information or the, you know, all the people that I have that are friends that are doctors that jumped in and were like, yes, I'll look at this for you too and give you another opinion and help to guide you and things like that. Um, and, and just finding the beauty in that, the beauty in having someone with me at every single treatment. And when else can you have friends and family, right? One-on-one where you get to spend like potentially eight or 10 hours together, undivided attention, like just spending time together. That's freaking beautiful because you don't hardly ever get that. So it was trying to pick and find all those different beautiful things within the, the tragic situation. See, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> like, I like my free time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. One of the things that, that you mentioned or, or came close to mentioning was, you know, when those days where you're not feeling great, and you're feeling like crap and all you need to do is lie down in bed and sleep and just do nothing, say nothing, be around nobody and just have that time alone. That's a reminder too, that your body needs to heal. You need time to yourself. You need time to sleep, time to rest. And a lot of the time as individuals, we don't take the time to do those things, right? Uh, My husband is always go, 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 go. And then broke his foot and couldn't move for like four months. And for me, I'm like, this is, (laughs) I'm just sitting there. That's your sign. sign. (laughs) Here's your sign. Um, But that's what it is, right? We, We have to learn a lot of the time, everybody that I've talked to who has survived cancer, every single person that I have pre interviewed, and I've interviewed over 3,000 people at this point for this show um, has turned around and said to me that cancer was life-changing for them. Absolutely life-changing for the better. And it was, they put themselves first, they learned who they were, they persevered and overcame, they learned their own strength. And again, just created an unbreakable, unshakable bond with themselves and that I think is one of the biggest things that society in general is missing is that individualistic bond that we have to ourselves, to our everyday, to you know, being part of the moment and not focusing on what ifs or or what happened or any next or five minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, and just just appreciating the now and saying, you know, I'm not gonna get this moment back. So it's you know, that that's a huge thing. Anyway, I know that we're, we're getting on time here. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? No, I think it was a great conversation. I really appreciate you having me on for sure. And I hope that someone, you know, learned something or just got something that some type of nugget that inspired them in some way. Absolutely. And that's what this show is all about, right? Is having those conversations and, and letting people know that it's okay, wherever you're at, it's where, okay, wherever you're going, just put yourself first during that journey. So, um, and get inspired by the people we have on the show who are sharing their stories. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me today. I really appreciated your time and this conversation. Thank you for having me.
All right. For everybody watching, if you would like to be a guest speaker, blogger, sponsor, or if you want to see a topic featured on the show, please reach out to us at Just Alive TV. If you would like to connect with either myself or Stephanie, please feel free to do so. Our links are in the description of this episode. You can find us across social media. Um, I'm Melissa Crutchler. I'm your host, and I will see all of you on the next episode.